Amon Tobin is an innovative electronic music producer specializing in sound design and production techniques. Arriving on the English scene in 1997, Amon's construction of jazz-inspired, sample-driven output inspired listeners and critics alike. Amon Tobin has garnered substantial notoriety for his advanced production methods and cinematic compositions. You're tuned into Roots to Grooves. Welcome, 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 one and all. We are in Seattle, Washington, and my name is Jesse. Sitting across from me is Jay, herself, himself. Hola. Hello, everybody. Welcome along. Welcome to another episode. Um, we're happy to be back. We're talking about a super cool artist called Cujo today. <laughs> uh, otherwise known as Amon Tobin. Amon Tobin. Well, I guess that's his other... Amon his, Tobin. His side project. Yeah. <laughs> under his own name. You could say this guy is, uh, he's an electronic music producer. Um, we'll get into his background because he's kind of from all over the world. I wouldn't say it's mm -hmm. particularly from somewhere. He used to be from Brighton, mm -hmm. but he's actually from Brazil originally. But mm -hmm. I think right now he lives in LA. Mm -hmm. We'll get into it. Um, Innovative uh, yeah. electronic music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Widely praised for studio recordings, mm -hmm. um, utilizing production techniques yeah. um, that are more common to like cinematic soundtrack. Yeah, more like production. sound design yeah. type approach to things. Um, he has been labeled genre-wise everything from electronic, IDM, new jazz, trip hop, drum and bass, music concrete, experimental, and all of those would be correct. Yeah, nice. and that's crazy. And he also you know, he's released his own music under his own name, Armon. I think it's Armon Tobin. Armon? Yeah. Um, since like the late 90s, um, all the way up until now, but also through that entire period, he has released uh, music under other pseudonyms and other collaborations of other people. Cujo being one of them that you mentioned, which I think means who's in Brazilian or Portuguese. Who's? I only know Cujo like from... Was it a Stephen King book, Cujo? It's also, I think, the name of uh, a movie that one the Key and Peele guys did when they had a missing cat. Oh, really? Cujo, I think, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but also, Armand Tobin has released music under Two Fingers, Only Child, Tyrant, Figueroa, and Stone Giants, um, all throughout the entire 20-plus year career almost mm -hmm. 30 years i guess at this point mm -hmm. um i first came across him because he signed to ninja tune or, um he was like for the majority of his career i'm not sure if he's still with them now but ninja tune we're adding, adding to our ninja tune suite yeah 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 artists on bonobo we uh we, we did an episode on him he has actually worked with Armon Tobin, so we mentioned Armon Tobin on the bonobo episode we might have played a little track mm -hmm. of off of Almond's album Super Modified in that episode, I think. Um, but yeah, Ninja Tune, big sort of like um, breakbeat trip hop record label, legendary label. It's been around for all, yeah probably 30 years at this point as well. Mm -hmm. um, and Armand Tobin being one of their biggest, like earliest artists and signings as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this guy's just like, I think we sort of explained it. He's very... <laughs> 
you can't there's no song structures it's all sample based uh music and we'll talk about that as we go along because he sources his samples in very different ways throughout all the albums he's done um a lot of albums out um yeah i can't even count how many there's so many yeah. of them <laughs> just under his own name not including like other stuff that he's done other collaborations and certainly other pseudonyms. Yeah. right you know very prolific and uh he's done uh movie soundtracks he's done uh uh like tom clancy's splinter cell video game mm -hmm. soundtrack in 2005 i played that game and i don't really play computer games but i played that game <laughs> and uh and like the music on it is great it's like and we'll talk about that as well because it's really mm -hmm. interesting how he put that soundtrack together but um yeah and yeah mm -hmm. like i said i first i came across him from the super modified album which is, i think is his third release yeah i think um, you're right yeah and that for me was a big album i used to listen to that a lot um but it is a very experimental album it's very but it's out of some of his other stuff it's a little bit more breakbeaty or trip hoppy like mm -hmm. that track we just opened with was off of that album a track called get your snack on get your snack um, on i'm snacking on i'm on yeah um but his first we'll, we'll play a track now like yeah that's kind of the overview of where he's at i think yeah let's so. let's give uh, listeners as well as ourselves another little listen about uh what this guy's doing uh, it's mostly instrumental stuff there's no vocals throughout his discography is that right yeah not on his own stuff um but i think on his most most recently 2021 stuff he started to put his own vocals on it i think that's nice. what i heard but but mostly cool. instrumental yeah well, let's get into it. Let's play this track, Jay. Yeah, we're going to rewind all the way to 1997. His Ooh. debut album-ish. He did have a release. 90s. Yeah. Stony Street. track called Stony Street, the opening track of Armand Tobin's 1997 album, Bricolage. It's a good album. Yeah. Pretty jazzy one. Jazzy one, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm down for. Yeah. But yeah what, what did you think, by the way? We didn't say. Oh. <laughs> like overall of, because it was my pick mm -hmm. this week. This was Jay's pick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I love it. It's really yeah. good. I love the experimentation. I love the, just the kind of oddball left field energy. Like, just n totally not caring about pop or, you know, like, song structure and, like, making that poppy. Just yeah. totally, I just want to make sounds and, and sample yeah. things and put them together in a way yeah. that nobody ever has before, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
I think this, his whole discography is, is great. Yeah. And it's, it's very listenable for, for a multitude of reasons and times and places mm-hmm. in one's, in an individual's life. Yeah. Um, so for that, it's very valuable. Um, I, I just, it's great. It's, yeah. it's really in-depth work. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And I don't know, I can, I can listen to any of these tracks. Right. And yeah. some of them are a bit more obscure. Like mm-hmm. We keep bringing up Actress, but I guess it comes from some of my listening habits of uh, electronic music that like I listen to kind of thing. Is but, he on Ninja um, Tune? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Actress is not on Ninja Tune. But, yeah. but same vein. Yeah. Of experiment level of experiment and progress- progressive. Yeah. Progressivity? Yeah. yeah. Progressivity. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I love it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not super familiar. Yeah, and no, I've dipped in and out throughout the years. Like super Modified was the album I was really into. And then I'll mm-hmm. be honest, I haven't really followed his career since then and over the last few years. So, But, um, but there's a lot there now. There's a lot more than when I last looked. So There's a like, ton <laughs> of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so very prolific guy. Um, but I'm, I like it all. Yeah. I just, from, but this was my first really deep dive into Amon Tobin. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I like what I hear. Yeah. So this is going to be a good episode. I'm, I'm hyped. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's just still underground. He's been around though for like a long time since the late nineties. He's like very well known underground. Yeah. In I the think, underground category. Yeah, yeah. I think. Is that fair? Maybe. Like as yeah. far as underground people go. I guess. He's, like, he's nin- at the top. Ninja Tune. Yeah. I mean, people like maybe of my generation or older that were like really into sort of the electronic scene in UK in like early nine and early two thousands and all that would probably be aware of him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um outside of that, I don't know if he really had any sort of mainstream you know. Uh, recognition because obviously he's making music that isn't really like radio pop songs um although you know there were only like back in the day only four tv channels in the uk you know if you most people didn't have cable or subscribe to it they just got the the four channels right and he did make appearances on like channel four which is like uh one of the main stations they used to have this late night music programming segment called Mm -hmm. four music and it was really cool they'd always have a lot of underground artists on there and they had they did like a short thing on Armon when he moved to Canada at a certain point, it was like mm-hmm. a documentary kind of thing. But um, but yeah, he's fifty years old now. Um, okay. Born in the seventies, born in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, I mean, let's let's go to the top. Yeah. Nineteen seventy-two. Yeah. It's hot and humid, <laughs> and it's we're in Brazil. Right. The World Cup is not happening, or is it happening? I don't know. We don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But there's a big old forest. Yeah rainforest all around us <laughs> and i just hear monkeys and birds oh my god and i don't know down the road is a little hospital where amon tobin is born Does you have the hospital name i don't you, I, I was <laughs> like wow you're about to impress me if you deep research no right? i'm not that good yet guys i'm working my way towards being a better researcher though uh, but i think uh, his dad's irish um i think his mom's brazilian okay and he left the family left when he was only two years old to go to europe um I'm not sure what his parents did, but they moved around a lot. They moved. They lived in Morocco, Netherlands, Portugal. Uh, they finally settled in Brighton in the UK on the south coast. Also, real quick, did you mention Africa? Morocco, yeah. Oh, Morocco's Africa's, in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I got to look at a map. Yeah. And you should look at a map. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm going to look at it right now. But I yeah. thought North Africa and Morocco is yeah. in North Africa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, then I am an idiot. So across the water from Morocco is Spain, I believe, I think. You might want to see what it says on your map. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's yeah. right at the north part of Africa. Right, there you go. Yeah. Morocco. I've always wanted to visit, never visited. Yeah, actually, we should bring up maps on screen now. Yeah, we can do that. We could do that. We have the technology. <laughs> Sorry for the audio people, though. We love you. Um, oh, but yeah. if you want to see on the YouTube, yeah. um, once you get done driving, <laughs> yeah. then um, we'll have the map for you of where Morocco is. Because right. Jesse is an idiot and doesn't know anything <laughs> about... Um, but they got uh, good food out there and good things. Go, I, I bet. Go visit there. I've had some good Moroccan dishes. There you go. Actually... Yeah. Oh, getting hungry again. Becoming a food. We should have got food. We should have. Okay. Yeah, we, we should do theme the food, and we can eat on air, like, like munch and crunch. A great idea. Yeah. <laughs> munch and crunch. Munch and crunch on the on the, the mic. Just, you know. Really ASMR. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Brighton, England. Um, when yeah. he was about a teenager. Yeah. Is when they settled down there, and kind of that was the home from then on. Yeah. For a while, at least. Yeah. So he spent a lot of his teenage years and everything there. Um, listening to a lot of hip-hop growing up i think they did move away he said he moved away to portugal and came back again to the uk and he said it was at a time when the jungle music was uh, popping off um if people don't know sort of like rave scene drum and bass jungle music sort of it was emerging out of that sort of stuff uh, you say of, jungle is like uh offshoot of house it's more like maybe i don't know it's like really fast i it's more like drum and bass okay. to me. Um, fast techno music. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Like sped up trip hop beats. Or so trip hop is basically like a slower version of like jungle, I guess. Like Does jungle have anything to do with like tropical or like the name jungle? Or is, um, is just that's just the name? I know the origins of the name, but yeah. Okay, just so curious, like, just yeah, curious. Yeah. But um, yeah, and so he was getting into that and he, and he, and it was like, the, he, you know, realized that it was created by using samplers. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he got himself uh, an initial sampler, uh, four track as well, I think, back to the four track club, nice. tape machine. Been a, so, it's been a minute since we went to the four track yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. So he had one, a weird one. Uh, I think I saw on my notes, it was called an Amstrad 100 four track. And I, I looked up a photo of it. It's like this big block. Ooh, that's a beast. <laughs> It's on the image on the video for the video folks but it's basically like it looks like those old i don't know if any, anyone's remembers this like you know the old hi-fi systems that you used to have like the, the all-in-ones that would have the cd player oh yeah in yeah, yeah. and kind of looks like that but it's like got four channel strips on it and two tape decks and and it's just like looks like a massive box and the front of it is just all these knobs and stuff like that um that was his four track apparently nice Pretty robust, it seems. Yeah, and so that's how he started making music, I think. And it's he started from the uh, the like basically sampling his own record collection. Um, I was going to say he yeah. had a vinyl collection. Yeah, yeah. So he was collecting music at that point and going out to shows and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and like, this is just out of his bedroom at this point. Yeah, he's I a think teenager so. yeah, yeah. sampling his own vinyl collection. Yeah, and sampling and making some music for the first time. Yeah, so his first music uh, w was made that way, like, and it ended up being, I think, his first two releases, uh, album releases, were just 
completely made up of samples from his record collection. So that track we just played was like completely just stuff that he'd spliced together from old jazz mm -hmm. records and whatever and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, already out of the gate, he's got this intricate chopping, splicing, sampling technique happening, you know. Um, I think he might have already progressed to computers by the time Bricolage came out because it doesn't have the sound quality of a four track right. thing. So I think he might have upgraded some of his gear at that point. But, mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was his first things. Uh, and uh, like his first actual release was, uh, he, he responded to an ad in a magazine, <laughs> apparently. Did you see this? Um, are we talking about Cujo? Uh, yeah, I think he released it as Cujo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, just real quick, I mean, yeah, as far as I know, he was in college, so we skip ahead a little bit. Right. And he was in Brighton and he was studying editorial photography, mm -hmm. which is like photos for articles, mm -hmm. like about an artist, like Amon Tobin, for example. Right. So yeah. he would take the photos. Okay. Um, or whatever. He was studying this. Yeah, yeah. And I guess he sent a demo to a London-based label called Nine Bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and they signed Tobin... Amon Tobin under the name Cujo. Right. And this was 1995. Yeah. And then, so they put out his uh, first thing, uh, which they called Adventures in Foam, which was an album, came out on Nine Bar. Um, so that was like unconventional jazz-infused mm -hmm. drum and bass trip-hop, right? Yeah. Kind of like what you're saying. I think he said a lot of those tracks made their way onto Bricolage. Like, he reworked them a little bit, okay. or something like that. So I still saw a lot of those, vibe. a lot of those tracks off that album. They appeared on like dozens of different compilations, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. And yep. then um, I get, but this basically earned him a lot of like notice. Like people started to notice throughout the UK. Yeah, yeah. And the, like the electronic mu music scene that was going on over there. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, Marianne Hobbs is like a big uh, DJ on Radio One. Uh, she was, I don't know if she still is on Radio One. Mm -hmm. She's still around though. Uh, she was really influential. She had this show called, I think, Breeze Block Sessions, or that was a part of her show or something. Uh, and she would champion a lot of this type of music. And uh, What's Breeze yeah. Block? That was just the name of her uh, segment, I think, on her show, the Breeze Block Sessions. And it would be like, if, oh, okay. I think it would be like a guest artist or DJ that would do like an hour set in the middle of her radio show. Because um, that's that Alt-J song, Breeze Block. Is it? Okay. What, yeah. does that, what does it mean? Well, a real Breeze Block is like the what you build with, right? Like, that's what I'm asking. The, the, what do you the, know? The bigger brick. You know, the big bricks. There. Here's a picture of a Breeze Block. Okay. <laughs> On the screen. Now, a lightweight building brick. Yeah. Made from small cylinders mixed with sand and cement. If a cinder block. It's a cinder block in America or... I guess that I've okay. heard cinder block and I know okay. what that is. Right. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, complete side note. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, she did, uh, Marianne Hobbs did appear in that document, short documentary thing on channel four that I mentioned earlier talking. And I think she said about him that he's like the most on, like he appears to be the most far away from like being an electronic DJ as you could imagine kind of thing because okay. of his persona and, He's not actually really a DJ, like he collected vinyl and that, but I think he just went straight to sampling and not like DJing out so right. much. And, but of course in the electronic world, and especially starting out then, you're always associated ooh, with like DJing, right? 
right um goes hand in hand for some reason a lot of artists mm. i even heard this about moby like back in the day when he was offered gigs like he was offered dj slots and he said oh i'm not a dj they just assumed he was because he was making electronic music like um but so yeah from yeah. audience perspective they yeah. don't know yeah, yeah. the difference sometimes maybe i don't know yeah I, I guess like now maybe people are a bit more clued in to that because i mean i mean it is i right. can see how it's mysterious especially yeah. back in times like the 90s when we didn't all have cell phones and the internet yeah yeah like, it just like sounds, what are they doing yeah it just sounds like dance music or he must be a dj or mm -hmm. something like that but yeah um but yeah so he he had that album come out adventures in foam on nine bar uh, I heard, and then after that, I think it got the ear of Ninja Tune. And, right, and so yeah, and shortly then, after, signed to Ninja Tune. Yeah, and then something weird happened where apparently Ninja Tune found out that Adventures in Foam had been re-released in the US, but it was like a botched release, and it was unofficial, like some record label put it out, and it had like incorrect song titles on there, some tracks missing, completely different artwork. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Um, eventually, Ninja Chin got the, the rights, the full rights to this album, and then they re-released it properly. Um, nice. Physical copies, I think. But yeah, that was kind of his beginnings. And then, you know, being one of the early artists signed to Ninja Chin when they were on their rise, I think really sort of propelled him for those next few years, you know. Yeah, they helped like, each other ride their, yeah. they created a wave. To ride together yeah which like you know led him i i'm on on to like do super modified album which is like when i caught his ear mm -hmm. so at that point it had already been around for like what quite a while five years or something like that right um but yeah so i mean yeah did we skip over the creatures ep yeah i haven't yeah i haven't mentioned he has a lot of eps out as well right yeah we don't yeah. have to talk about yeah. everyone but that just for narrative sake that was 1996 and right. that was the I'm just saying for the, it was the first thing released under Ninja Tune under his own name. Right. Okay. Under yeah. Amon Tobin's uh, name. So that's the significance for me. Yes. Right. Because Cujo, you're right, was the, what Adventures in Foam came out. And yeah. 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 So I think it, that might still be out there actually. Right. Let's see. I think, but I don't know. Under Cujo, um, you can find it. 1996 album, Cujo is the only album out there. Nice. But you can find that. And so then later I, that... I already hearted it at some point, apparently. I just see yeah. now. I liked it. Look at you go. <laughs> but later that year, the Creatures EP came out under Amon Tobin's name. Right. Yeah. And then after that, the next year, 1997, is his first LP. Yeah. Full length. Yeah. Bricolage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Bricolage. I mean, that's how you say it, right? Bricolage. Yeah. Is that a real word or is it a made up word? Let's look it up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just a vocabulary guy. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh yeah, it's a real word. Bricolage. In art or literature, construction or creation from a diverse range of available things. Yeah. So that that is pretty much exactly what Armon Tobin is doing musically. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that it sounds like he just found that name. Yeah. Or maybe he asked himself. What am I doing? And started looking up words. Yeah. In a dictionary, must have been in a book. Yeah. Because there was no internet. Yeah. Must have. Yeah, or there was. I know there was internet, but not <laughs> widely spread. And yeah. Anyway, I'm just kidding. But very cool. So that's a cool album. That's pretty. That's a lot. Samples 
of from old jazz and blues records. Yeah, yeah. Basically. So like, it's really good chopping up drums into, yeah. you know, break beats. Yeah. Really, you know, mixing them with, you know, bass lines, twisted horns. Yeah. You know, crazy bass lines, cool stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a good album. That's probably yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of good stuff from Amon Tobin, but yeah, I went like kind of narrative wise and started with this album, listening to it. Right. And yeah. I, I, I like that stuff. Yeah, because as you progress through his discography as a listener, it gets more challenging mm -hmm. because like, you know, you might love Bricolage and even Super Modified, but beyond that point, it's, he starts getting a little bit more crazy, a little bit more experimental, less... Like he's, yeah, like he's challenging himself. Yeah, yeah. and know? it's a change in his approach as well because he, like, yeah, we said he went from sampling records and other existing music to doing field recordings, right, <laughs> and making basically his own soundscapes and instruments out of field recordings, right. Um, and you know he's done different things throughout. Then he's like gone back to sampling real instruments, but basically he's moved away from using pre-existing recordings to making his own recordings and and then manipulating those sounds and creating mm. new sounds and yeah it's like his approach basically is like i've heard him say that he uh just is exploring sound basically like literally like yeah. he's getting these field recordings he's using plugins and outboard gear to see how he can manipulate them and he'll noodle around on like these one sounds for like hours until he has something and he basically said the music is what's left after he's done all that that weird exploration with different sounds and stuff. But like he that. Did, yeah. So, yeah, it's just like a like he's yeah. playing in a sandbox. Yeah, and then yeah. whatever he's done with, yeah. he puts on an album when he's done playing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, all right. Yeah, it's just crazy. But um, I mean, so very good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So bricolage that he received some critical acclaim, mm -hmm. and he's busting onto the scene. Yeah, he's helping Ninja Tune get their feet. Yep. on the ground, up and running. Yeah. Um, and then, so after that, followed by three EPs, Mission, Chomp Samba, mm. and Piranha Breaks. Right, yeah. Piranha and Breaks, I think I've heard that one, yeah. I don't yeah. know, yeah. Um, I didn't get too deep into those as far as research. Mm -hmm. I don't know too much about those, but I'm sure it's more great, you know, kind of breakbeaty, trip-hoppy, yeah. jazzy stuff. Definitely, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, where are we at? I'm at Permutation. Should we play... Um, a track off Let's, of that. Yeah. See how he's progressed so far. Yeah. <laughs> In this episode. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. off of Armand Tobin's third album, Permutation. Still at this point, uh, sampling records, I think. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, 1998. Yeah. That one's like overtly jazz infused. Yeah. Or influenced. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And infused, I guess. Yeah, I think like uh, a lot, 
there were some like independent radio stations that were playing this stuff and yeah he sort of caught the ear of a lot of jazz fans because there yeah uh, it was i mean that was electronic but it sounds real almost yeah like the drums and everything like that yeah it's all sample based but like real instruments almost all yeah, of it, it yeah, sounds yeah. like a band yeah yeah and uh i forgot to say that the, the second album bricolage uh pitchfork gave it 10 out of 10. that's so, a 10 out of 10 by pitchfork yeah yeah wow okay they called it uh one of the most inventive albums or something yeah one of the most inventive records of the decade they nice. called it so yeah. i mean i would agree with that yeah yeah good for amon yeah yeah so let's move on super modified comes out in the early 2000s yeah um what do you know about super modified that one's a little bit more i thought i had some notes on it um it's it's still kind of in that sample based jazz world uh, yeah a little bit it's a little bit more outside of it i feel like it feels a little bit did, more okay. like machiney or something like that okay like just the album cover with like the abstract graphics it kind of looks like a abstract close-up of a robot body part or something i don't mm -hmm. i don't actually know what it is but it like but it evokes the sound of the music that that um mm -hmm. album cover and i think like uh I, I mean apex twin at this point he's like getting giving me like similarity vibes mm -hmm. more to apex twin stuff where it's really glitchy electronic stuff but this isn't that glitchy it's still like smooth and soul it has like jazz around the edges but it's like yeah it's crazy. it's hard to describe it's just like a little bit more modular like sure like a, a little more urban or industrial yeah i guess so yeah yeah like a little bit there but still wrapped in a jazzy blanket yeah yeah there you go because it's like it's not like robotic robotic means like stilted it's mm -hmm. so it's not robotic or glitchy but it's it, it's definitely yeah like electronic but in a jazzy blanket okay well we'll go with that we'll go with that <laughs> yeah if that works that works but i mean good yeah. stuff yeah yeah so another good album yeah um yeah i mean let's just move on from there i guess i mean there's yeah, too yeah. much to talk about we can't talk too about much. every yeah album that was the early 2000s and um another ep in 2000 yeah. or around 2004 ton for ton mantis or ton mantis yeah four ton mantis i think okay maybe yeah. i just dropped a letter there yeah t-o-n yeah ton team yeah. ton tom yeah. okay um, and then Foley Room is another EP. Yeah. Or is that a full length? I don't have anything. Uh, that on was that. an album, 2007. Yeah. Foley Room, obviously named after like the movie technique of Foley, where they record sound effects for movies. Mm -hmm. um, That's a whole art in itself. Yeah. And I think at this point, he was getting into that film recording side of things and utilizing that. Cool. Um, before then, yes, between 2002 and 2007, he did the chaos theory splinter cell soundtrack oh let me well let me back up a little bit because i got yeah. a couple of things in there but just okay. i mean just real quick um around this time 2002 he relocated relocated to montreal right yeah yeah. so he moved countries yeah states whatever yeah. um and that's the home of ninja tunes headquarters uh they're north american headquarters yeah oh yeah fair enough <laughs> fine you're right yeah. um 2002 out of um out from nowhere came from yeah. And that was the first album to be recorded in a professional studio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As far as I have. Um, and that was some of the most complex work up to that point. Right. So just mm -hmm. saying that, then 2002 Verbal EP came out. 
Mm-hmm. And then 2005 is what I have where Tom Clancy's video game yeah. dropped. And that's what you're talking about, Splinter Cell. Yeah, because I think the Ninja Tune released it like months before the video game came out or something like that. I think, yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, Ubisoft, I think, is the company behind that. They commissioned Armon to do the soundtrack for this uh, video game. And he, he uh, is very interesting. Like, he provided like four different layers of intensity for each like moment in the game that uh, required music. So the game designers could like, you know, programmatically play whatever was appropriate at that time in the game for the for the uh player sort of very thing. cool which is crazy yeah so like depending on the level of intensity that you're at in the game so basically splinter cell is it's kind of like a uh kind of like you're sneaking around covertly to like get into buildings and like complete these missions and stuff like that and okay the goal is to try and do it all like as quietly as possible and sneak around like okay ninja style sort of thing ninja tune style yeah ninja tune style and so yeah that like I guess the different levels of intensity would be like if you're just sneaking around quietly and no one's noticing you, and it's just like, but then as soon as like a guard notices you, it's like, you know, and it goes up to the next level. Yeah, and then if like they attack you or you attack them, it like rises in tension even more. That's cool. It was really like, they really added to the, I think if someone, anyone else had done the music for that, maybe the video game wouldn't have been as cool. Like, yeah, because that that became a pretty big game in general right i don't know anything about it yeah there was a few of them um i played that one most i think probably mostly either my brother had it or mostly because of the soundtrack was like oh gotta check this out or something (laughs) that's weird it's the only time i've ever checked out a video game just because of the soundtrack because that's how good the music was yeah yeah i mean that's very cool yeah it was recorded um using in a bunch of real musicians playing real instruments right yeah. Um, on this rather than samples, yeah. which is kind of a major departure from his earlier work. Mm-hmm. So another kind of stepping stone moment. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and then Foley Room 2007. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was back to field recordings. Mm-hmm. And he was using an omnidirectional microphone. Yeah. Which I guess is like a kind of like a, one of those 3D microphones that they have now. Is that kind of what it is? Uh, maybe. I think, yeah. I didn't look it up, but I know uh, we covered another artist um, where they recorded the strings at the end of their song with like a 3D microphone or something like that. Yeah. And like... Uh, it just like has the panning built in to where the sound was coming from yeah, when yeah. it was recorded. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, this is the omnidirectional. It records sound from every angle. Right. Yeah, 360 sort of thing. So They're cool. Yeah. But I mean, he's just getting more experimental, like with the, with the technology he's using, yeah, and just like honing himself in yeah. to like what he wants to do and what he wants to explore, yeah. You know, that's um, Foley Room contributions from music, musicians like the Kronos Quartet mm-hmm. and a harpist called Sarah Page. Right. Cool. I don't know them, but yeah. cool info. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. That brings me to two thousand and nine. Right. When it's the next kind of big thing in his career. Yeah. And he launched the Two Fingers Project. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was a collaboration with the artist called Double Click. Mm-hmm. And I'm not yeah. familiar with him. Me but, neither. No. Okay. Then yeah. we won't talk about him. <laughs> but then, um, yeah, it, in order to explore like bass heavy styles. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was more like dubstep and grime. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. More than anything. So kind of another step, sidestep, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I think it's like part of the way he explained it, Armand, 
with his exploration and sound and music is that he kind of says it as different lanes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So he created these different lanes to explore other areas of music. Um, it's a very sort of organized way of doing it, I guess. Like, yeah. Because he could just do that as, as under his own name, but he decided to separate them out. Um, like he gave the example of like he could um, spend hours, yeah, messing around with one experimental sound for his Armand Tobin stuff. And then he'll take a break and make like a two fingers tracking in one afternoon, like, cause it's more uh, conventional, like beats, beat, he calls it beat making and, you know, you know, bass heavy music. Like, oh, I'm gonna so do something easy. They're gonna make some beats, yeah. And then it'll go back to like, yeah, making something crazy, mm -hmm. intricate thing. And I, I wish but, I would have listened to this, but I didn't really look into the Two Fingers project as far as hearing the audio. Well, we got a track. Oh, perfect. But this is from much later. He's been doing this for a while, right? Mm -hmm. But this track is from a, an album called Orange in 2019. It's a track called Orange. Awesome. So that was a track, a single actually, not an album, called Orange. It was a collaboration between Two Fingers, one of Armand Tobin's side projects, and Ivy Lab out of London. So yeah, I like that. It's uh, got to listen. To, I got to listen to some more bass heavy music. Mm -hmm. I know that's fun. It's good. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, off the for the Two Fingers project. I don't know what the project they released called the first one, but I think it, it features features a British grime MC called Sway. Um, there's a Jamaican dancehall singer called Cecile on there. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's an American rapper called Miss Jade, okay. who's apparently associated with Timbaland. Okay. I don't know. I haven't heard and Miss I, Jade. I, I wrote down those notes, so I, yeah. I wore my Tims. Oh, you Tim. <laughs> my Tims. So did you, did you know that, though? The, the, what is the, uh, somebody who was working with Timbaland before he was named Timbaland? Oh, no, I didn't he, know that. He named him after the shoes. Oh, really? Didn't know that. The company who makes, like, construction boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I own a couple so, of Timberlands. Yeah. yeah. So there is a connection. Right. And I, yeah. I researched that a little bit because this came up. Yeah. Because I always wonder, like, is there a connection there or is that just a coincidence? Yeah. Connection. But it's, he was named after a brand of shoes. Yeah. Wow. Drop the R, change it to an A. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize they changed. Like Timberland. Got it. Yeah. Timberland. Got it. Probably had Fun to do stuff. that for legal reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some of these artists started copying names and stuff like Viagra Boys. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Where does it end? Yeah. 
I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool. So that's two fingers. The next thing it comes out with is 2011 ISAM. ISAM. How do you say that? Yeah, I I never heard it pronounced, but I, reading it, I pronounced it ISAM. ISAM. Okay. I'm not sure what it means. Ism. Ism. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, self-described sound sculpture, sculpture. Yeah. Is what he said. Right. Which okay. is cool. So he's using like advanced synthesizing processing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess this formed the basis for groundbreaking performance incorporating video mapping techniques. Yeah. So at this point, he's starting to do some really immersive, interesting live shows like yeah. with the video mapping. Um, there's some clips you can see. I think there's a 40 minute live performance of the album, I Sam. Uh, and. Um, yeah, basically, like he he's doing like these massive like projections. Like he's in a box in the middle. You can only see him briefly sometimes because it's kind of like hidden behind a video projection screen. So most of the time he's hidden with all of the crazy like uh, graphics and mm-hmm. things they have. And then occasionally you'll see him like in the booth up there, kind of thing. Nice. Um, and I think like he's from not all of these shows, but he's like tried to like develop a surround sound system in the venue as well like kind of like a movie theater i guess so right sounds coming from all directions and yeah people have like really praised it as being like kind of reinventing the live music experience because mm-hmm. obviously like he said he's not a dj but he for these live performances he was trying to figure out a way of making them more interesting and i guess there's two things he did here one was like the surround sounds the video mapping crazy stuff and then also like in his set he's like doing crazy flips of like uh beyonce's destiny's child mixed in with his crazy stuff so it's like a whole thought out like sort of half original half uh remix craziness so still hearkening back to like his sampling days yeah yeah yeah. but in a kind of a new way and so it's like a whole audio visual concert experience yeah yeah and so I think he's tried to release audio versions of these mixes as well, but he said they were getting so heavily edited down because of copyright issues that he said it's not worth releasing because it's just it's killing, it's the, killing the mix. Yeah. Right. So, so if you ever get to see Armand Tobin live, and I'd probably like to go do this because it seems similar to like a Flying Lotus show that I went to, uh, but this is seeming crazy, like uh, just from what the clips I saw. Like, of, I can't imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know who's doing the graphics, but he's got, he's obviously teamed up with some people that are really know what they're doing. Crazy. But yeah. I was just trying to look up if he's coming to Seattle anytime oh, soon. Yeah. I don't know. I think he was in Seattle. I think this is an old article. We won't talk uh, about it. Yeah. I mean, at this point, he's 50 years old. He, you know, and he's got all these different projects going on. He's also, we haven't said, he's like, if you ever see any talk, in these videos he's like the most chill person Mm -hmm. i was like i was feeling relaxed after watching his interviews i was just like oh i'm like i'm all calm inside right (laughs) uh yeah Yeah. i didn't watch as many interviews as as i thought but i got a little bit of that vibe too yeah yeah. um i mean so that's very cool do you know anything about is he married or or what relationships yeah i don't know about his personal life he He seems pretty quiet right yeah yeah like yeah he's basically uh like he said some funny things like about like the music industry and stuff like that. Cause he said, he doesn't really think about it as an industry. He mm-hmm. just, he's just only concerned with what he's doing. 
Yeah, he just wants yeah. to mess around with yeah. music and experiment. Yeah, and basically he said his goal would be that he can be an old man still making music. Like he said, he would just be very happy if he could like be a very, very, very old man still making music. He's, like, he's halfway there. Yeah, and he said some funny things about like when he went to LA because they sort of wined and dined him and that. And he said, you know, there were like, there were lots of lunches, <laughs> he said, and lots of meetings. And he said, people were talking about like, you have to cut your teeth a lot. And he was like, he didn't know what that meant. And he was like, he said like, LA is just all about uh, you have to touch base and cut teeth. <laughs> what, what is cutting teeth? I think what they mean from that is like, if you're trying to do like movie soundtrack stuff, like, and that, and that kind of thing, you have to cut your teeth on some smaller projects before you work okay. your way up to doing bigger things. You do some and, grunt work. Yeah, network, touch base with people, have lots of lunches. And I just think it wasn't for him. Like he said, this was really early on 2002, he was saying this stuff. Um, but he just thought it was all ridiculous and he wasn't in it for that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, he's in it for just exploring sound and that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about being famous or a celebrity or, you know, he just wants to explore sound and enjoy it in mm -hmm. different avenues as well. Like with his different side projects, he gets to do different genres and try and he uses it as a learning experience, he said, to like learn as much about the genre and how, what he can create and how he can pursue it in his own way as possible. Mm -hmm. And like, that's all he's concerned with, yeah. But I mean, obviously he's making a living, he's doing these crazy shows. Um, right. You know, he still thinks about things on that level, I think, but it just seems that he, uh, yeah, it's just, it's not, he, he basically said, I think uh, something along the lines of people asked him, I think the interviewer asked him what advice would he have for someone starting in the industry. And he said, I don't see it as an industry. And also, don't listen to anyone. Don't take advice from anyone. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to anybody. Yeah. He was just like, do your own thing uh, and don't listen to anyone. Right. So, I mean, that's great yeah. advice. Yeah. I love that perspective. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, it's not an industry and don't yeah. listen to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, it, yeah, I mean, it's just rare to like, I really like that point of view, actually, like in terms of doing music, it's like you don't have to necessarily do it as a living. You don't have to do it to be famous. Mm -hmm. The actual goal, the true, like the most honest goal could be to just create really good stuff mm -hmm. and share it. But, you know, but I guess that's not the only way of doing it. You can. People are entertainers in totally, music. Yeah. People want to entertain and be the person you know, it's, up front. It's like, there's lots of different things you can do within music, I think, right? Yeah, so, and it's all okay. Yeah, it's yeah. totally, yeah. there's tons of purely performers who, who have ghostwriters who make their yeah. music, whatever. Yeah. You know, some of these, you know, I don't know, just who, there's been a lot of pop stars or yeah. big artists who are more entertainers. Like, I'm, I, I think of like big singers. Like, I can't bring anybody to the forefront right now. Mm -hmm. I want to say like Elvis. Mm -hmm. But you know, singing other people's songs and being more of an entertainer persona. Oh yeah, rather Frank Sinatra than... and all that. He didn't write. He never wrote anything. He like, everything he did okay. was all other people. Yeah, but he was the entertainer, the performer. Right. He still gave it heart and soul to his totally. And it's, it's yeah. just a, it's yeah. just its own thing. It's a yeah, yeah. separate thing. It could be both. There's no right or wrong. Um, but yeah. do whatever you want to do. But I think like you know it's also just getting your right your mentality right though i think if you're doing music because if you if your intentions are in the wrong place 
I think is not good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you got to really, as a musician, I think, or an artist, think about why you're doing it. Like, why, you know, are you doing it? If you're doing it to be famous and rich, which there are people out there. I watched the Madonna documentary recently, and that was literally her goal. She wanted to be a pop star. Like, <laughs> I, I want to be famous. Straight up, rich. I want to be famous, yeah. Um, but, like, but I think, like, you know, a lot of people don't really know what it is. And if you don't know what it is you're trying to achieve, then you just make a load of missteps because you're just doing the wrong things because you're not really sure about what it is you're supposed yeah, to Yeah, you're just... You're just trying to copy other people. Oh, this artist does this, so I should do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I should do weird, like, you know, influencer social media shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, does that really match up with, like, where you where you want to be heading with your right. career or musically? Like, yeah. it's just something to think. That's what this stuff makes me think about, that intentions of artists. Uh, no, I love that. Like, intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing things with yeah. intention. Yeah. Like, figuring out... Like, a lot of these people have figured out what their goal is, like Madonna. Yeah. And she achieved it. She, yeah. pr- she probably achieved it more efi- e- efficiently and quickly because yeah. she knew what she wanted. She wanted to be rich and famous pop star. Right. Yeah. She didn't care about... The yeah. other distractions, like should I do weird music like Amon Tobin? Right, yeah, exactly. Or should yeah. I do this? This is popular. I should I should do this to get fame. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. But because yeah. if you just try to go down every little <laughs> route, every little side quest, yeah, then you're never gonna get that one true thing that you really want. You're just gonna dabble here, dabble there. Yeah. Instead of put all your energy towards a focused goal. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Amon Tobin did. Yeah, right? his and... goal is experimenting. Yeah, his goal. Yes, yeah, I I love the sentiment of uh, the music is what's left after a, uh, yeah. is an aftermath of his experimentations. Kind of I, I I love that. That's <laughs> like such a visual little yeah. narrative picture in my head. It's kind of like carving, right? You have the start of a block of wood, and and there you, you know the process is chipping away at it, but at the end, there's a carving. No, I mean, yeah, yeah somebody said yeah. that before, like the David mm-hmm. statue, like yeah. just a big block of marble, mm-hmm. and the statue's in there. You just got to yeah, char- yeah. carve away the stuff that's not that thing. Right. Yeah. It's, t- it's about taking things away yeah. to create something. Crazy shit. Whoa. It, and it's backwards. <laughs> it's backwards. It's cool. Love it. Well, I think, I don't know if you have any more on Amon Tobin. I think on these subject matters, yeah. on these notes, it might be a good way to close things out. But I don't yeah. Know. yeah. No, I think I'm, I have two more notes I'll say just yeah. real quick. Because Two Fingers re- released a sixth Rhymes EP mm-hmm. um, in 2015. And then uh, Tobin's, Amon Tobin's Dark Jovian EP came out on Ninja Tune the same year. Right. And then uh, I think his, his latest album, Fear, Fear in a Handful of Dust, mm. came out 2019 on the No Mark label. Okay. And that was like the first proper album in eight years. Right. Um, and it's dispensing with drums and, and stuff and more electro acoustic and modern composition rather than dance music. Right. So I don't know. I didn't really look into that album too much, but just to mm-hmm. finish off the narrative there. Um, but yeah, I'm also down to, to end on these notes right here. Right. Because on his kind of his, his perspective of how to get to his goal. It's about exploring sound. It's yeah. about the sound. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So just yeah. do what you love. Yeah. And then, you know, he's an example of the success manifested. Yeah, that's the thing. He didn't Because play. he was doing what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't like make things happen. Although I think at certain points in his career, people around him were, you know, you know, sort of edging him towards those things, like going to LA and meeting people and stuff like that. But, right. 
but uh, there yeah. are yeah the realities of life yeah, like yeah. Some, you gotta yeah you gotta do these things you still gotta take a shower and pay your taxes <laughs> exactly yeah but like but at a certain point yeah you're right just like if you focus on you know the passion of it and doing it mm-hmm. things will come to you, you yeah know, people listeners uh you know whatever it is like people respond yeah. to what you're yeah what you're doing and if you show yeah. that you care and you show that you you're putting love into the project that's that's how you communicate with the people yeah that's the thing yeah if you don't care about something why is anyone else going to care about it like yeah but and if you put the intention and love and care into something then it can be seen like yeah by people i think just like this podcast leave it at that <laughs> a beautiful spot to end amon tobin everybody um we're probably going to end on the most uh, one of the most abstract things uh in a valley stood the sun off his album how do you live which this actually came out in last year 2021 okay so that's the most super snuck up on new album right there yeah i just i just got bored at 2019 decided to stop research i've been scrolling forever yeah i'm just like albums albums albums. (laughs) discography amon tobin really cool experimental music check him out i say start at like bricolage yeah early career and just like go chromatically do your own uh, exploration yeah f- along with him yeah yeah exactly through Ex- the album explore with amon tobin yeah so thanks for being here if you guys got any cool info on amon tobin or you want to say what's up or you want to say how much of a hater you are about our show mm-hmm. please let us know we'd love to get in contact with you and you can send an email to the address jay Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.